Welcome to this Sunday morning's message podcast from Kingdom Faith. My name is Andrew, and uh, I'm going to be speaking today about how to lead people to Christ. So it's a bit of a workshop, okay? So be prepared to do something in all of this. Also, you have the freedom not to, okay? It's, it is your choice, but that's fine. But what I want to do is just give us some encouraging, hopefully, helpful steps as to how we can connect people with the one who loves us, with the one whose face is on us and smiles on us because his face is on them and smiles on them too. He wants to be reconciled to each and every person. He wants each and every person to know him. Isn't that right? You agree? Yeah, you're agreeing. That's great. Good. So, first question, who is it that leads people to Christ? Help me out. Holy Spirit, that's a good answer. I like that. I tell you what, that takes all the heat out of it, doesn't it? All right? It's not you and me. It's him. He does it. It's his work. It's his grace at work. But he loves to work with us. It's his work, but he loves to work with us. When I think about who led me to Christ, I'm so grateful. It was a student at Portsmouth Polytechnic, a lovely guy, really lovely guy. I may tell you a bit more about him another time, but, but it wasn't just Dave Hale, bless you, Dave, who led me to Christ. Who led Dave to Christ? Who'd been praying for him? Who led them to Christ? Who'd been praying for them? Anytime anybody is brought in connection to know the love of God, to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there's a cloud of witnesses going, come on, we've been praying for you and you and you and you and you. So whoever you may have led to Christ, that person belongs to the Lord. They belong to you, but they belong to all of those who prayed into your life as well. There's a great cloud of witnesses. My point is it's God's work. It's God's work. But because God is love, understand that God is love. Love is not what God does. Love is who God is. God is love. Because God is love, like a father, he loves to work with you. He loves to show you what he's doing. He loves you to get involved. He delights in you getting the hang of it. He delights in you working with him. He delights in that. But it's his work. So let's just relax. Let God be God and let God do what he's doing. Human kindness leads us to Christ. Whose kindness is it? It's the kindness of God poured out in you and in me, expressed towards other people. It's your smile. It's your empathy. It's your concern. It's your care. If we look at Hosea 11.4, it's a beautiful scripture. It says, I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. This is God speaking. God leads with cords of your kindness. 
with ties of love he draws us to him. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. What a beautiful picture. Some of the translations, instead of using the word led, they use the word draw. Okay, it's a process. It's a process where God draws us to his love and he uses us to do that. Do you know he doesn't need to? We hear increasingly across the Middle East of, of uh, Muslims having dreams and visions of Christ. And they're being led directly to Christ by himself. Why is that? Because there are so few Christians there to do that. It's not the norm, but God is so gracious. He's revealing himself to them. But God's preferred way of working is to pour out his love into you so you can pour out his love into others. That's how he loves to work. Isn't that a good thing? I want to be part of that. I want to be part of encouraging people. I want to be part of drawing people and saying, God is good. Whatever you might have thought about him, he's good. And he loves you. His heart's for you. He's not against you. He wants to connect with you. He draws us with cords of human kindness. It's Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that started it. And he's the one that's going to finish it. He loves to do that. So once again, it's not you who is the author and finisher of another person's faith. It's just we're giving away something of the love of God. So I want to be practical today. First of all, I want to draw the sting from that. And I I hope I'm getting there. Okay? Let's draw the sting from it. It is not about what you need to do for the world. It's about God wanting to pour out his love through you in cooperation with you like a father with a child as that child learns and gets the heart of the father and learns to do what the father is doing. There's real delight. Do you know where joy comes from? Joy comes when somebody else delights in you. Think about it. Joy comes, think about your children. Joy comes when a, when a parent is delighted with a child. That child, child is filled with joy. I was working in uh, Laos, uh, which is near Vietnam, some years back. And I met a, 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 a Christian who was conducting something that he called joy therapy. And he was a clever man, the doctor. And these were for people who'd been traumatized by war. And I asked him, well, what was this all about? How did it work? And he said, what we do is we show them how delightful they are. These are people who've been treated like trash, had everything taken from them. He says, we show them how delightful they are. When they find joy, that other people feel joy towards them, they feel joy in themselves. And God delights in you and just wants you to know his love and receive that love from him. So Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the word says that deep calls to deep. The deep things of God call to the deep things in us. Deeper than any person could do. God speaks to the heart. He draws us. He draws us. 
God has set eternity in all of our hearts and he speaks to the heart and draws us with deep things. So God has begun this work and God has begun a work with the, Psalm 24 says the whole earth is the Lord's and everybody in it. So this is God's work with each human being, with each individual to reveal his love to them and connect with them in a way that just removes barriers, in a way that removes trouble from their lives, in a way that brings them peace by putting them right with God. We're part of that process, which is just wonderful. But because God has begun that process, if we're to cooperate with him and help him with that, it needs to begin with prayer. This is a work of God, not a work of people. So it begins with prayer. God's already at work in everybody's lives. A lot of us spend a lot of our time just putting him out of the picture and refusing to listen. But God continues to draw us after him with those cords of human kindness. So because deep is calling to deep, we begin with prayer. Who's God put on your heart? Who do you care for? Who moves you? Who would you love to see set free? Who would you love to see restored, reconciled? Whose face would you like to paint a smile on? Why do you feel that? Because of the love of God in you. We're made in his image. All of us are, whether we know him or not. We're made in his image by our Father. What the Lord wants to do is bring us back to that connection with him. So who do we pray for? The ones we care for. Begin there. It's a good place to start. And when you're talking to people, because this is God's work, learn to double listen. We listen to them and we listen to the Holy Spirit. What are you saying, Lord? Think about Jesus with the woman at the well. He's speaking into this woman's life. He does it very gently. And she's coming up with all kinds of distractions about where the temple is supposed to be and all kinds of stuff. He just cuts through that. He's listening to her heart. He's listening to his Father in heaven. And he's speaking into her. So we, do, we, we listen with one ear to them and a heart of love for them. And we listen to the Lord and listen to what God says because he has the key that will open a lock. It's not about arguing people into the kingdom at all. It's about speaking words of life that are relevant to them. We're only going to get those from listening to our Father in heaven. So we double listen. Everybody's at a different stage. One ear in the spirit, one eye on the person, that's essential. And we ask questions. We're not super salesmen. I'm not a salesman at all. I'm not an evangelist as such. I'm not. There are other people in this room who are. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. What a gift you are. Wonderful. What a wonder. We are grateful to you. But we can all listen to the Lord and we can all give away the love of God. That's not my particular gift. But we can ask questions. Questions are tremendously powerful for revealing the heart. Can you think of some questions that were asked in the Bible that revealed the heart of people? Brilliant. Yep, thank you. It's a bit of an obvious question, isn't it, for somebody who's paralysed or somebody who's blind, because he asks it a couple of times. 
but he's not looking on the surface. He's listening to something deeper. What do you really want? Let's go back to Genesis. Can you think of some questions asked in right at the beginning in the Bible, in the book of Genesis? What was one of the first questions asked? Let's go back even further, Tom. Let's go back to Genesis. Where are you was the first, one of the first questions, probably the first question God asked. There was a question asked before that, not by God. Did God say? Did God say was, one of the, was a question that Satan asked. Why? Because it raised up a whole raft of doubt. Tremendously powerful asking questions. And then, of course, as we've heard, God said, where are you? Do you think he didn't know? Do you think he didn't know? He walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in intimacy with them. He walked in friendship with them. And he came back to walk with them after they'd thrown it all back in his face. And he didn't rebuke them. He asked them, where are you? Why? Because the question asked to the person raises the answer in their heart. So listen and ask questions of people. Listen to the Holy Spirit. See what questions the Lord would have you ask. So yeah, did God say, who do you say I am? What do you, what do you want? And let God show you what he's doing. Let me give you an example uh, from uh, my own experience. We had an outreach in Worthing a few years back. And it was connected with Coastlands Church. Who knows Coastlands Church? Lovely people, wonderful people. Very well organized. There was a mixture of drama and song, and the whole thing was covered in prayer. We spent so much time praying for every step of the way. And that was the real key in this. Who was on that outreach? Anybody? Else? Yeah, a few of us were. Okay. Now, what was just interesting watching, my job was to go around with, with little leaflets called tracts, giving to people and talking to them. And I was given some brilliant advice. And that advice was, look at who God is touching. This is not about selling double glazing or cold calling. It's about working with my father in what God is already doing. Look at who God's... Well, how am I going to tell who God is touching? I tell you, it was obvious who God was touching. It was absolutely obvious. There was a drama going on with a song in the background and there was a lady in a wheelchair being pushed by somebody else and she said, could we stop and watch this? I looked at her face and it was obvious God was touching her. I'd have had to have been going around with a blindfold not to have realised it. It was obvious God was touching her and it was as though the, you know, the, the lottery finger, it could be you, the finger was pointing at this woman there and it was as though the Lord was saying, it is her. Easy. So I went up to her, shared her the gospel, and she prayed to receive Jesus. It was easy. It was easy. The next one was a little bit more difficult because there was another chap who'd been there for a while who was watching. And he was, I think he was Chinese. And he, was, he, he stood rooted to the spot. And, you know, people will come and they'll stop and they'll look. The moment they see somebody heading towards them, they, make a, they disappear, right? He didn't. He stayed there and he watched. So I went over to him. I gave him the tract and I started speaking to him. He looked extremely blank at me. And then I realized, 
actually he didn't really speak much English. That was why it was a bit more difficult. <laughs> he did a bit. So I gave him this tract and I started to go through it. And he said, I can't read it. I can't read it. I can't see, pointing to his face. You know, I need glasses. So I gave him some money to buy some reading glasses in Poundland or somewhere. And he got those glasses and he came back and he read this tract and he was rooted to the spot, this guy. And I connected him with Jesus. It was easy. Why was it easy? Because I could see what the Father was doing. How did Jesus' ministry work? Because he spent time in prayer, he learned to walk with his Father, he could see what the Father was doing. It was easy. It was, a, it was an absolute joy. These people had a ready, bright glow about them. It was unmistakable. Couldn't actually miss them. So that's, that's, that was a joy for me too because not a natural evangelist, but to know that I'm actually speaking into people who are hungry, people who are, have sensed something of the Lord. Andrea, could you come up, please? You grab the mic. You need to turn it on. Hello? We had it. Well done. It's working. We had an outreach group here. We'll have it again at some point. But at the moment, it's resting. And Andrea led that group. Mm. Andrea, tell us about how you lead people to Jesus. To be honest, um, for me, um, I just know that God loves people. And I, I, I know because, because he loves me. And with that love, I'm going on the streets. I'm not going there to to say to convert anybody. I'm not there to 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 say you need to do this. I'm just loving people, and I'm loving them because I know God loves them. And sometimes that that sometimes I've given. To be honest, I never give money because sometimes people uh, buy some not good stuff about money. But I, I, I ask them, do you want a sandwich? Do you want something mm. to eat? Do you want something to drink? And it's just love, love, love. Because Jesus was a compassionate person. And he, he drawed people to himself because of his love. And you know, if we love and love and love, even if they mess up completely. And that is wh- why I know... Uh, it works because it worked with me. You know, when mm. I was messed up and people loved and they loved me and they loved me, even if I'm messed up again. So I just love people. And then how I lead them to Jesus, that is actually Jesus' job to tell me how to do it. Sometimes it goes into, um, I need to go through some scriptures. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just happens because of Jesus' love. And sometimes I pray with them. Uh, they pray. It, it's just different ways. But, but you seem pretty relaxed about it. I am. And the thing, when I've gone out with Andrea <laughs> on the streets, she's a joy. I mean, look at this. I mean, she's a joy. This <laughs> lady is such a joy. She's <laughs> a delight to be with. And she communicates that to people on the streets. It's not a job of work. It's a joy from your heart, isn't yeah, it? And, and it's also not about me. It's about them. Yeah. So I ask them questions. I'm asking them, how are you? What are you doing at work? What, what, what is your, what's your job? It's not about, I want to tell you 
how are you? What is yours? How can I love you? It is about the other person, and it's about. And sometimes Jesus does come in 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 into the conversation. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'm just listening, because I think that is the one people need. People need an ear. People need somebody to listen to, and people need that they can breathe and not that somebody judges them. So yes. And also, we're called to be a link in the chain. Yeah. We're called to be witnesses. Mm. Okay, I don't know how many people in this room would consider themselves to be called to be evangelists. I'm not asking for a show of hands, folks. You know whether you are or not. There's a few in here, and really, thank God for you. But we're all called Absolutely. to be witnesses. So when I think back to my friend, Dave Hale, who brought me to the Lord, it's not just Dave. It's all of those who spoke into his life and mm. prayed into his life. It's all of those right the way back from the early church. We read constantly these scriptures and these, these are gifts to us. So the fact that I've come to Christ is, is not just a credit to Dave Hale, that's a credit to Paul, it's a credit to Peter, mm. it's a credit to Matthew, it's a credit to my Sunday school teacher, it's a credit to anybody who had any connection. We're all just links in a chain, we can all do that. We can all do that. Do you want to add anything? And, and you don't, don't give up. You know, maybe your neighbor or your husband or your wife isn't, isn't, doesn't believe yet, but just love on them. You know, maybe you're sitting here and you don't even know Jesus or you don't even know who he is. Just receive the love of Jesus through people, through us, because that is who Jesus is. He's love. And he is love and he loves you and he loves your neighbor. So don't give up. Pray, pray, pray. And Jesus will let it come through. Very good. Thank you, Andrea. Tom, do you want to add anything? Uh, okay, I will. Come on out. Come on out. I've completely sprung that on him. Hence the momentary rabbit in the headlights look we had there. Okay. Um... Holy Spirit, what should I say? <laughs> yes, yeah, so what he was saying earlier is a real key, listening to uh, uh, the person and then listening to the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I'm talking to someone and they say something that is really the opposite of what is where I want to go, which is receive Jesus as Saviour, right? And the Holy Spirit says to me, don't fight it, just listen to them. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. But that's, that's kind of very unreligious for me, and I have to really submit to that. And also, I will say this, um, I'm walking around the streets, going shopping, and I will quite often say, Holy Spirit, should I talk to that person? And most of the time, he says no. Which, so I live a very relaxed life, and then I say, Holy Spirit, should I talk to that person? And he goes, yes. And I'm like, oh, that one over there, because I'm not really connected. Yep, that one. Okay, I've got a yes. <laughs> and sometimes it is a bit like, but I used to like, um, I still do, it's okay, it's a bit scary, but diving, you know, you go up on the diving board, and there you are, on the edge. And I never got used to it. I'm not, I have a healthy respect of um, heights, okay? And I never got rid of it. 
And so every time I get on that diving board, it was mainly when I was age, aged 18, it would be like, come on, Tom, you can do this. You can do it. But it, and there's a part of the flesh, or sensible part of the flesh, going, this is stupid, you're going to jump into... Uh, and so that diving analogy helps for me because there is a moment and it is worth it. There's that person who wants, who's nothing to do with you. And you're gonna, all you're going to do is go over there and say, hi there. Right? And they might reject you. Yes. You know, I would say that with evangelism, there is a risk that you'll be rejected. In fact, you will be. But it doesn't matter. You know? It doesn't matter if you get rejected. Uh, it hurts, so and don't be afraid of the pain. It hurts, and then move on. You know, give that to God. Just say, Lord, I give you that pain of being um, rejected. I only tried to say hello. You know, we're in England. It can be hard to say hello. <laughs> um, um, never mind evangelize. And then just small talk. I'll say, go for small talk. Talk about the weather. And then just let the Holy Spirit lead you down. Oh, I went to church. Don't resist. I went. To, what did you do today? I went to church. Yes, uh, most people are not offended by you going to church. Um, and on. Thank you, Tom. Kind of well done, Tom. That was sprung on you. Well done, fella. Excellent. Be ready in season and out. <laughs> let me ask you a question. How would you live if you never had any fear of rejection? Lord asked me that one the other day. I'm still thinking that one through. That is quite a thought. So to connect with any other human being is always to put yourself in the position of somebody looking askance at you. Who is this person? But how would we live if we had no fear of rejection? One of the reasons this lovely lady in the front is so brilliant is because you've overcome that fear of rejection. Yeah. Wow. Learn from Andrea. Learn from Andrea. We have role models. God gives us role models. But how would it be? Take that question to the Lord and just say to him, I am by your grace, going to overcome that fear of rejection. I'll tell you a little bit about, for me, how I became a Christian. And I've said some of this before. I'd been packed off to Sunday school as a kid and stopped going in the end because it just didn't, it just didn't seem to make any sense to me what I was being told. But I was being prayed for by my Sunday school teacher, Miss Sharnock. Bless her. I know that's true. And I once went forward at a, 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 a Christian meeting, Eric Hutchings, if that name means anything to anybody here, and I knew God was calling me. There was an altar call. My heart was going like a trip hammer. This was God. This was the finger on me. It's you, Andrew. But it wasn't said like that. It's you. Come on, it's you I want. It's you. I want you. I want you. And I might, I had no doubt. I had absolutely no doubt God was calling me. So I went up there and I just, I remember still at the age of 12 or 11 or 12, having got back from that, the sense of God's presence with me in my room, a sense of, of God, my father being with me. 
Well, it all went a bit pear-shaped for a while after that. And then I met my good friend Dave Hale, and Dave invited me back to a meeting of Portsmouth Polytechnic Christian Union. And uh, these guys... These guys had been filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand any of that stuff. Didn't know what they were doing when they were singing in tongues. Not a clue. It didn't worry me. I thought they were Jewish. <laughs> Wasn't bothered. But the thing is, God's presence was in the room. Wow, was God's presence in the room. And for me, I'd come home. I felt my Father in heaven saying, welcome home. This is where you belong. I was 13 or 14. I'm now 61. He has been faithful to me all my life. In season and out, when I've got it wrong, when I've messed up, when I've got it wrong, and I have, of course, God doesn't back off with his arms folded. He comes to me and says, where are you? Where are you? He comes to us when we get it wrong. We're the ones who back off, but he comes. And when I've completely messed up, I've felt, I've felt God's tears for me. Not at me, for me. Do you know that in your life? Do you know how loved you are by your Father in heaven? The one who made you? The one who knew you before you were born? The one who thought, that's a good one. I want that one. I'm going to send that one here. You are loved. And what he wants is to draw you back into his love. This is a world that's turned away from his love. There's a lot of things that need to be put right. We know that. But that's not an obstacle to him. Because he comes to us and says, where are you? Can we do that for other people with him? Just occasionally say, where are you? There's one who really loves you. I've known his love in my life. He is my best friend. He is my best friend. We sing that song, 10,000 Reasons. I've got such a future ahead of me. I'm so excited. I'm excited about now. But there is such a future ahead because I'm in his love and nothing can separate me from that. Not even my own mess-ups can separate me from that because he'll just come to me and say, where are you? Come on. Come on, let's put this right. He's wonderful. Let me read you a passage of scripture which I really love and maybe, maybe he'll speak to you. Maybe you've not seen it like this before, but this is how he sees you. I'm going to read from Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And I tell you what amazes me, he knows me so well and yet he still loves me. And yet he still loves me. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high for me. 
I can't get my head around it. Where can I go from your spirit? (laughs) Wherever I go, you're going to turn up and say, where are you? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. But if I make my bed in the depths in a stupid place, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn with a big hooray, you're there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, if I say, I'm out of here, I've had enough, I'm out. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book lovingly, tenderly, full of hope and promise and affection before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they'd outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Lead me in the way everlasting. That's how he loves each of us. Each of us here for a purpose, loved before you were born, with a God, a Father in heaven, who is full of hope for you and full of hope for each person that you meet, just waiting to connect Mm. with that King. Yep, there are things that need to be put right. It's true. And I'm not going to skirt that. But listen... Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. That book in the Bible is wretched and miserable apart from this, which is wonderful. His mercies are new every morning because his faithfulness is great. There are people who need to know that there's mercy for their lives because we've all messed up. Fred, you've messed up, haven't you, mate? Come on, not lately. No, bless you. <laughs> so I'm not, not lately. That's good. Well done, Fred. Come on, Fred hasn't messed up for a while. <laughs> not singling you out, Fred. Bless your heart. We've all messed up. All of us have messed up. And what we need is mercy. And it's there. It's there for people. It's there for them. It's there for me. It's there for you. It's there for those we meet. They just need to dare to believe it. 
How are they going to dare to believe it? By looking in your face and seeing your smile and hearing your story because you've received it. And it's there for them. Wonderful. Wonderful. Romans 8, 39, nothing can separate us from his love. Don't just love him, I'm in love with him. So which scriptures would you use? Because I've focused on a particular aspect. What else? What other scriptures would you use to help bring people to Jesus? John 3.16, can you quote it from memory? Lovely. John 3, 16 for the tape. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Brilliant. Thank you, Andy. Other scriptures? All have fallen short of the glory of God. I'm repeating these things so they make some sense on the tape. Anything else? Jesus said you must be born again. Yep. Anything else? Whoever calls on my name will be saved. Wonderful. It's good to know some of these things. So I'm not giving you a moment to look them up. I'm asking you which ones you know. So it's good to commit them to memory. It's good to do that. And when it comes to going through scriptures with people, it's really helpful to speak them out. And it's helpful for them to speak them out. So don't just read them to them. Open the Bible. Ask them to read them out to themselves. Because believing comes from hearing. And what we say ourselves is very powerful. It's more powerful often than what we hear. Can you put the slide up, please, with the, uh, the short PowerPoint slide? So I think there is a process in leading people to Christ. It begins with conviction. Most of us know we've messed up and we need mercy. It continues with turning, which the Bible calls repentance. Repentance isn't just turning your direction. It's turning and walking. And it continues with following Christ. And fruit comes in our lives. Good things are expressed outwardly in our lives as we give them to Christ. So the conviction of sin and separation. Romans 3.23, could somebody read that out, please? Well done, Andrea. You've also got a mic. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, so there's that conviction. People don't need to be bashed about the head with that. They usually know, and they need mercy. They know they need mercy. And that's often produced by a revelation not so much, not just of our unrighteousness, which we need, and the Holy Spirit does that, but it's also a revelation of God's love for us. Romans 5.8. Andrea, you've got the Bible, you've got the mic. Go on, put you on the spot. Come on, how quick can you go through? God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Very good. So there's a demonstration of God's love. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Very good. 
So there's a conviction which the Holy Spirit brings. But the scriptures are important because we show, we, we bring out what is there. And then having, having come to a place of conviction, it's now about that turning. It's about facing God, about receiving forgiveness and being reconciled. God is not an accuser. God is a reconciler. That's what he wants. So how do we do that? Two stages, I'd suggest. Of course, this is simplified. But the first is confess sin. Andrea, could you read 1 John 1, 9 for us, please? Uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's important that we actually, if we want to receive mercy, we actually have to take hold of it. But not only do we have to take hold of mercy, we have to let go of what we've done wrong. How can you take hold of something when your hands are full? Okay, we need to let go of what we've done. And this is the, this is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring people to repentance, to bring people to a point of recognition that they need him. And we can help with this. So having confessed sin, we go on to confess faith, Romans 10, 9. That if you confess your mouth, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the death, you will be saved. Come on, you will be saved. You will be saved. Sometimes people can feel too bad to actually think that that's even possible for them. But again, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we need human beings to lead us with cords of human kindness to say, God's faithful to you. You will be saved. Just confess it. Just let it go. Speak it out and let it go. And the third stage of that is the following and the fruit, which is living as newborn, new creation, child of God. John 5, 24. Andrea. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Amen. Wonderful. So our responsibility to people isn't just about bringing them to a place of decision with Christ. Jesus has never asked for converts. He asked for disciples. A disciple is a follower of Christ. It's important. Now some with a, with a particular calling for evangelism will focus particularly on bringing people to the point of that decision. But then they need to be brought into the church. Brought into, the, brought into Christians where people will care for them, where they'll spend time with them, where they'll listen to them, where they'll help them, where they'll encourage them. So it's part of that. We need to see it as part of the, of the whole package there. Don't take shortcuts in leading people to Jesus. He doesn't take shortcuts. He'll take a lifetime. Let's, let's, let's work thoroughly with him. He is very patient. Let's also make the most of the opportunities that we have. But if people are not clearly helped, then they're likely to have issues in their lives which will need to be sorted out at a later stage. So we're looking for disciples, not decisions. The next step should be clear, but don't force it. But rather feel it and work with the Holy Spirit. I realise that uh, time is just about up. So let's just stand on our feet, please. It may be that 
You've never done that, actually. I don't know. Do you know that you are reconciled with God? Do you know that he loves you? Do you know that he embraces you? Have you received his mercy? Have you received his forgiveness? Are you walking with him? If you're not, you can do that right now. Straight away. You can do that right now. There's, there's a room full of folks who would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. If you want to just be sure that God loves you and has forgiven you and you have a future ahead of you, you have a present with his presence, you have a future that's ahead of you. If you want to be sure of that, well, we've just shown you how to, but somebody can help you. I'd be delighted to help you. Andrea would be delighted to help you. Richard would be delighted to help you. There's a room full of people who would be delighted to help you. But let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of love. Amen. That is who you are. Amen. You are love. You are, you are also holy. And so, yeah, we do mess up and we do fall short. And we do need forgiveness. And we do need mercy. So, Lord, right now, Lord, if anybody, if any of us are feeling I've fallen short, Lord, we just come to you. And we thank you that you come to us first and say, where are you? Come on. Lord, forgive us for messing up. Lord, we receive your mercy. We thank you for your amazing grace. Amen. We cannot run anywhere from your presence. You will follow us, Lord, all the days of our lives to show us your love. So, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. We receive your mercy. And we thank you for your incredible grace to us, that you reach to us and embrace us and call us your own as we take hold of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. And Father, for each of us, Lord, you have never rejected us. So we today, we reject the fear of rejection because it does not belong to us. We refuse it. We renounce it. We reject it. We are loved. We are accepted. And we have such a treasure that this world needs. We have such a story to tell. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And we just give ourselves to you, Lord, to love those that you love, to listen to your voice speaking. You know these people, we don't, but you do. So, Lord, we want to work with you and we thank you for the privilege of being encouragers and witnesses and signposts and leading people to your amazing love in Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.